So Brochus Daf Lamates, we are a few lines uh, from the bottom of Lamachesim of Beis, up to the uh, Gemara says Meisir Ravitzer Bar So again, the learning today should be a schos of Fushlema for Beliyenta Bas Marian Fega. So Meisir Ravitzer Bar. I'm sorry. Um, a few lines later, Amalei Rabbi Yirmiyah the Rabbi Zera, Rabbi Yechon Hechi Mivarech Alzayis Maliach. How could he have? Uh, what did he make on the Zayis Meliach? So, meaning, how do you make a bracha achrona? We said, we brought this in when we were discussing the, uh, the concept of once you have a salted olive, does it lose its bracha? Is it considered cooked? But at the end of the day, we said he makes a bracha before he ate his salted olive and a bracha afterwards. Either that meant an eight and an olive eight or a shahakol and a bar nefashas. But either way, he's making a bracha achrona. So the Gemara gets into the discussion of when we make a bracha achrona, you need to have the minimum shear, right? When you make a bracha rishon, a person sips a little bit of tea. So either way, you make a shahakal. But if you want to know to make a bracha chorna, so by liquids, you need a revias. By solids, you need a kezayas. So what's a kezayas? A kezayas is an olive. So I'm going to have Yirmi Rabzeirah. How did he make this bracha chorna on this salted olive? Once you took, you removed the pit. So now, you're no longer eating the volume of a olive because it's missing the pit. So that hole in the middle, we would not include in the volume. So how can you make a bracha chorna? On one olive, it's less than a kezayis. Armalei, mi sarvet kezayis, golda We need this large shear of kezayis. No kezayis beidini beidini. When the Chazal tell us that the shear of achila in, in the Torah is a kezayis, it didn't mean a large olive. It meant a small olive. And what, what Yechon was eating was a zayis gadol hava. It was a large olive. Even though you removed its pit, so pash shiura, you still have left over the shear of a medium-sized olive. So fun, he was able to make a bracha chorna. That's now we learned in a Mishnah on Kalim zayis sheamru, the zayis that Chazal tell us that there's a uh, this is halachal marshim misinai the shiur mahalachal marshim misinai, but when they tell us it's a zayis like cotton doesn't mean a small olive like gado not a large olive elabenini a medium sized <laughs> olive. Uh, and this is called Zehu Aguri. They call it Aguri. Rabbi Abo said Loya Guri Shemai. It was not called Aguri. Ela Avruti Shemai. Okay, it was called Avruti. Va'amila, some said Samrusi Shemai. It was called Samrusi. Velamanikra Shemai Aguri. Why do we in fact call it Aguri? Sheshemani, because the uh, oil, Agur, the Sechik, is collected inside of it, and that's why it has the name of Agur of Aguri. And that's the uh, end of the story of the olives. Okay. Now we're back to our <coughs> previous discussion of your cooked vegetables. So the Gemara brought down a, uh, a machlekes. Previously, do you make a shahakal on your cooked vegetables or do you make a bar peridamas? So the Gemara says, name a katana. Let's say it is the following machlekes in the tanam. There were these two tamidim that were sitting in front of bar kapara. They brought in front of him a, uh, a cabbage. The hermaskin and some type of... Uh, Sorry, vidormaskin, some type of herb, one of these greens, like a um, either anise or uh, maybe some type of dill or pargios. Now, it doesn't mean pargiot that you find in Israel, your baby chicken. It's uh, par, it's pargios, the type of bird. Okay, so that was a kosher bird. Nasan bakapara rishus lachemim. So, so bakapara nasan he gave rishus lachemim permission to one of them levarich. So you go make a bracha. One of you should make the bracha. So kafats will bear So one of them, one of the tamidim, jumped and he quickly made a bracha on the 
on the chicken. On the chicken, we we'll call, we'll call it the pargiot, but it's not really the pargiot. He made a bracha on the pargiot, on the bird. He made a shahak on the So lig lig olav chavera. His friends started laughing at him. So kos bakapara, bakapara got upset. He said, I'm not upset, I'm not angry at the Talmud for perhaps making the wrong bracha. I'm upset at those that are laughing at him. Why? Because if your friend seems like someone who never tasted meat in his life, he's so hungry, he wants to eat that chicken, the pargiot, so then it's considered chaviv to him, and therefore he wanted to make the bracha first on the chaviv, on the oaf, on the, on the bird, before making a bracha on his cooked vegetables. So, why are you laughing at him? Meaning, what we're touching upon here is a, is a sugya later on, there's a mission later on, which tells us which brachas come first. We'll spend the, the time then discussing when a person has many brachas in front of him. Do you make your ha'ats first? Do you go with shiva saminim? Will you, will you cover your challah Friday night because you're making the bar before the challah? We'll talk about all those things. But, uh, but, but so, so uh, the question was over here, it seems like the Yerakas, the vegetables, were hadama, and he's making a shahakal on his, on his bird, even though the bari Hadama would have been better. It's more, of a, it's a more specific bracha. He's making shahakal first. Why? It seems like chaviv is better. If that's what you want first, that's the bracha you make first. Yes, Adam? Isn't it, impl- is it implicit in the Gemara that the cabbage here, they're talking about is cooked cabbage? Because if they say a couple daft ago that cabbage wasn't a vegetable's right to be plain, so uh. you would... So yeah, it's definitely cooked. Yeah, we, we, it has to be cooked here because the Gemara said Nima Ketanoi. Let's say this machlokes about shlokes about cooked vegetables, and they brought down this case that we're gonna see that this case is a machlokes. But you're right, there'll be another raya because nobody ate raw, raw raw cabbage back then. Today, you eat coleslaw. But you're right, there'll be another proof if you wanted to figure out what they were eating. It would definitely be considered cooked. Good point. Okay, fine. So then he said, so he said, the people making fun of him, what are you making fun of him? He likes the parkiot, so he's making the bracha on that first. Then he says, he turns and says the other way. Chazav Amr, he turns and said, I'm not angry at those that laughed at him, meaning I'm not only angry at those people, I'm also upset at the one who made the bracha. Why? And he said, If I'm not smarter than you, I'm not older than you, so even if you, you hold your bigger Talmud Chacham than me, I'm a... I'm, uh, I'm older than you, and therefore, if you weren't sure what to do, you should have asked me, which one should I make the bracha on? And, and the Rishonim say, even if you know the halacha, to, you shouldn't pass it in front of your Rebbe. So the Rebbe is there, you should not pass it in front of your Rebbe, even if you think you know the halacha. So he said, I'm not, I'm not smarter than you, I'm not older than you. Fine. Tana, it was taught, Ushneim, and these two Tamidim, they didn't uh, complete their year. It was some, some type of curse. The Bakapar got upset at them, and they died. Okay. So now, my love, let's circle back to the Gemara. My love, the Why don't we say this is the Machlaikas? The Mavarich Sava, the one who's making the bracha held, the Shlakais, that this cooked uh, cabbage that Adam said is a cooked cabbage, right? The Pargiyot are both Shahako and Yabadvari. So maybe they're both Shahako, meaning once I cook something and I, and I ruin it, then it will be Shahako. And therefore, when you have a choice of carib, of, I'm sorry, of, uh, of, of uh, vegetables, kruv, versus pargiot, so then you go with the chaviv. chaviv if he has a choice of cabbage soup or pargiot, he's going he's gonna to get into the, the chicken, right? And those that argue with him, they held shlakos bari priyadama. They held that no, the vegetables are bari priyadama. Upargiot, shakoni bivari. So hilkach pira adif. And therefore he should have made a bracha on the cabbage soup first, and that's why they were laughing at him for making the bracha on the chicken first. <coughs> so, so we see that this old machlokes, I'm sorry, this machlokes that we're saying, 
is really a previous machlekes with the Talmidim of Bar Kapara. The Gemara says, nah, loy. Maybe not. The Kuliyama, maybe everybody holds Shlokos, Vipakir, Chakra, Mivar. Maybe this is this goes with the Shita that cooked vegetables and this chicken thing are both Shahakal. Vahaka, Bahai Svarok, Mivar. They're debating about this following reasoning. Marsavar, what holds? Chavavadav, whatever you want. So you have chocolate and you have something else, whatever you want, whatever you prefer, that's what you should make your bracha on. Marsavar, no. Kruv Adif, that uh, more hush of a food gets the bracha. And Rashi explains that this kruv was considered a staple in the diet. Now today we would think of cabbage as, uh, you know, coleslaw. Nobody would eat it as a meal. But back then that was considered uh, a real food, uh, a meal. And therefore that had more significance. So the machloikas between these tamidim and those that are laughing at it in the, the mavarech was basically, do I go by chavivos of preference or do I go by chashivos of the food? And assuming this uh, coleslaw was was more chashuv than the, than, the, than the bird, so that's what they were laughing at him for not making the bracha on the cabbage first. Okay, next. Amar Abzeira, Kavinim Be'er Rav Huna, we were by, we were in the learning by Rav Huna, Amar Lan, he told us the following halacha, Hani gar gelide delifta, so he had these head of uh, turnips, parmino prima rabba, if you cut them into these large pieces, then you would make a bari priyadama, you make a bari priyadama, because that's how people eat it, this uh, pumpkin. But prima zuta, if you cut it into small pieces, shahakol nibadvari, because then nobody eats it, it's very small, and uh, therefore, as we mentioned yesterday, whenever you have a food item, depending on how you're enjoying it, if you're enjoying it in its pristine form, you make the hadama, you have a vegetable. If you cook your lettuce, you make a shahakol. It's the same concept here, that if I cut it into normal-sized pieces, whatever this vegetable was, turnip, doesn't make a difference. Whatever it was back then, they considered better in big pieces, you make a hadama, you cut it very finely, so then you would make a shahakol. When it came to the base of Rabbi Yehuda, Amarlan, he told us, both of these bari priyadama. Vahai de parminu and why in fact they make it into small little diced uh, pumpkins? In order to to sweeten it. So when you cut it into small little pieces, you actually sweeten it. So there's actually a, a, a discussion in halacha. It could be this is exactly what the Gemara is talking about, but there is a discussion in the kashrus world. Can you purchase butternut squash, frozen butternut squash, without hashkacha? So the cut up raw butternut squash, there's no problem with it. It's just vegetables that, that have been cut up. So you have to worry about, in a commercial setting, you don't have to worry about knives. But some of the frozen products are, are, a, um, are blanched. If they are blanched, it means they're cooked to a small degree. If they're cooked to a, to a, to a, to a little, somewhat of, of a, some temperature, there's a question of bishalakam. Because butternut squash, we consider a fancy food. People make fancy butternut squash uh, meals. And typically, butternut squash is not considered edible. Uh, raw. So if it's not nechokai, if it's not edible raw, and we consider it fancy, you have a shayla of bishalakam. So there are a few reasons to be makel. So one reason is that they don't fully cook it. You're, you, the, you, the chef at home, you're going to finish off the, bake, the cooking. So if you're Ashkenazi, you can definitely do that. Additionally, Rabelsky, that's all said, that when you cut it into very fine pieces, you could eat butternut squash. So even though nobody would want, would necessarily do it, but you can't say it's not edible at all. And that gets into another discussion of how edible does it have to be in order to see that this type of food is considered nechokai. We'll leave it to Masechta Savadizar. But it's interesting how we're talking about cutting it into fine pieces and it gets sweeter. It's, uh, that's what the Gemara says. Okay. Amar of Ashi, Kiavinim Bey Rav Kahana. When we were in the base of Rav Kahana, Amar Lan Tavshila de Silka. You have this beet uh, dish. Right. Deloy Mavshi Bakimcha. They didn't put a lot of flour in it. You should make a Bari Priyadama. 
Okay, and everyone's going to ask, what do you mean? There's flour there, it's mizarnus. So hold on. But if it's the lift of, it's this turnip thing, turnip, the mapshu be there's a lot of flour in it. So then, barmini mizarnus, you make it barmini mizarnus. Avahadav Amran, he said, he, he uh, went back on what he said. He said, "Either the boy priyadama. Either way, it's boy priyadama. Why do they put so much flour in it? They're only doing it ledabik. Ledabik means to bind. So anytime flour is a binding agent, and that's all it's doing in your product, you would not make barimini uh, mezainus. So there. So Tysus earlier also said this, and the question that Rabbi Kidayer asks." It's a Gemara. Why did Tysus have to say it? So Tysus earlier was, was coming to include, even if there's so much flour there, that it's the whole product, like a Twizzlers. There's so much flour there. Still, since it's not being done for taste, it's giving a form, no matter how much flour is in there, if, that's not, if it's not designed to give taste, you would make a uh, Twizzler of sugar, sugar and flour to make a Shahako. Same thing with your gefilte fish or your, uh, I don't know, if you make uh, burgers and you put breadcrumbs in it. So you shouldn't do that if you're grilling burgers because... It doesn't cook evenly. Don't put any breadcrumbs in uh, in your patties, okay? No eggs, no breadcrumbs, right, Adam? Just straight meat. Well, I don't know, okay. Well, we'll debate it afterwards. But <laughs> if you put a significant amount of flour in something, still, Tyson's holds that since it's not being done for the taste, it's just ladabe, it's to give it form. It's not serving a food taste function. It's just giving Twizzlers that form or sour sticks. But you're not tasting any flour. You would still make a shahako. That's based on the skimara. Okay, great. Amar of Chista, Tavshil Shal Trudin. Yeah, this dish of Trudin of beets. Yafel the Lev is good for the heart. V'toiv Le'naim, it's good for the eyes. V'kolshkin, and for sure, Levnei Aim, it's good for your intestines. Amar Abayim, V'hu Diyosef Abe Tafe. That's when you put this, when you cook this dish on the top of the opening of the pot on the stove. V'avid, and it makes this noise, Toich Toich. So when you hear it making this noise, toich toich, then you know it's fully cooked and it is good for uh, for your uh, heart, intestines, and everything else. Okay. Again, whenever we discuss refuas in the Gemara, so there's this uh, caveat: toisus and Mayakatan tells us don't uh, necessarily rely on it. Lekula lechumra, ask your local doctor. Amra papa pshitali, it is pasha to me. Maya the silka. Kisilka. If you have water of silka, that's kisilka. What do you mean water of silka? So all the Rishonim learn it means you cook beets. You make a beet soup. So the halacha is you have the same bracha as the beet. So uh, a beet soup would be hadama. Maya de lifta kalifta. The soup of a lefes of a turnip is like a lefes. Maya de kulushlaki kekulushlaki. The water of uh, of all types of vegetables are. Vegetables. Why is that like a drink? Oh, Maridik. So one second. All the Rishonim asked your question. Let's just finish this piece, then we'll get back to uh, the obvious. We have a great question. So he says, this, your vegetable soups are hardama. Okay? Now, Papa, Papa asked the following Shiloh. Maid the Shifta. What about water of the Shifta? Some type of herb. You could call it uh, anise or, uh, or some type of greens that people put, like mint or dill, cilantro, all these things. So, my. What bracha do you make on it? So he says, avdi. Is it being put there to give a taste? And therefore, you should say, okay, it's a dill soup. So dill soup should be hadama, right? Oh, you know, maybe la'abure zuhama avdi. It's only put in there to get rid of the bad smell. You ever go to this, you get some, some chasana holes you go to, I would just advise, don't eat anything that has like this thick barbecue sauce on it because they're, they're just masking some old food, you know? So when there's a very strong spice, sometimes you just got to be careful, right? Uh, you know, take, be, be cautious. So, 
so that's the shaila. If they're putting in this mint or this dill, just to, just so that nobody realizes this old old shaira, so then we say that it's not giving any taste to it. It's just masking some uh, foul taste, and therefore we would say this has no significance here, and you would not make the bracha on the vegetable. But if you're making a beet soup or a mint soup, so then we would say it's coming uh, to give. Taste, so you would make the bracha. So tashma. So let's learn the following mission. Oksin hasheves. Uh, you have sheves of truma. You have this uh, this herbs. This dill mishenosna tamakadera. When it gives tam in a in in the pot, ein ba mishum truma. So it no longer has has the din of truma. The ena metama tumas eichlin. It is no longer metami tumas eichlin because all the flavor went out. And now this this dill now, once you remove it from your soup, it's it's like eats ba'alma. It's just like wood. So shmami now we see from here that it gets rid of it. It it it. Uh, it Infuses taste in a pot. The matuki time of delay. People typically put it in to give taste. Shmamina learned from Oksin that when people put dill in their soup, they're doing it for the taste and not necessarily doing it to mask a, a bad smell. Okay, Shmamina. Now, Shrag is asking this is, this is the bomb kasha on this Gemara. Rashi, the Bahag, Toysfus, Rashi, Rashi, any single Rishon that were to safer, they asked the following question. We said on Daf Lamid. All the, the dvash of dates, you make a shahakal, and we said it's zeya ba'ama, it's just juice. And the Gemara went on to say, you have apple cider. What's, no, anyone know the difference between apple cider and apple juice? Price. What did you say? Price. Price. <laughs> apple cider has all the, all, the, all the apple in there, right? But the apple juice is filtered, clarified, pasteurized. Okay. But apple cider, we said, was also zeya ba'ama. All these things were zeya ba'ama, you make a shahakal on it. You eat zeya of truma. No problem, it's not really the truma. And now we're saying that cooked beet soup is hadama. This is the kasha, this is the, the machlekes when it comes to your typical vegetable soup question and how you deal with fruits. So just a few of the shitas to, to consider. The, uh, there's a machlekes rashba and rush. If when we say that fruits are lazea ba'amo, does that mean all the time? Or perhaps there's a, we know there's an exception of grape juice and olive oil. So either you hold only those two we consider the juice significant, but everything else is zeba amma. And are those the, 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 the rash bowls? No. That, that it's only zeisim va'anavim because their product is typically, it's typically, typically grown for wine. You, you grow grapes to make grape juice to make wine. So in fact, if you would grow Florida oranges to make orange juice, so according to some Rishonim, you'd in fact have to make a boya priya on orange juice. If you go to Bnei Brak, they follow the, some of them follow the Pesach of the Chazanish, and you would make a, a, uh, a, a boy priest on your orange juice. Okay. The Mishnah argues. The Mishnah says, it's probably, he says, Machlekes Rosh and the Rashba, Safek Brachas Lahakel, and therefore make a Shahakal. But it seems like according to the Mishnah let's say you made Ha'etz on your orange, so don't make a Shahakal on your orange juice, because he's only saying a Safek Brachas Lahakel. However, the Minnig is not like that. The Minnig is like we mentioned this a few times. Toysus earlier, Allah Merchesim Abbeis, Says when it comes to when it comes to we, we said a fact. Anytime you have food that has from the chamesh it has some flour in it, unless it's coming as a binding agent, you make a mezainus in it. So Tyson asks the following question: What bracha do you make on beer? What bracha do you make on schnapps? So schnapps is really beer that was distilled, right? So now you have your uh, your scotch if you make it in Scotland. So what bracha do you make on it? It comes from barley, right? Or if you're uh, Canadian rye, it comes from rye. It's one of the chamesh saminim. So why don't you make a mezainus on it? So Taisa says, and we've mentioned this a few times, if it's a shtia, if it's a beverage, you would not make a mezainus on it. So many of the achorinim bring this down, that even when it comes to this fruit 
businesses, the, the fruit juice, any time it's the shtia, <coughs> unless it's grape juice, you would make a shahako, and therefore that's why the minog, the minog arlem, you, you go to your local, uh, what do you call it, be. if you say that we make a bar of eights on, on your apple juice or orange juice, uh, you're not going to win. So everyone knows, orange juice, you make a shahako, that's the minog, minog is based on the mishabura, and this sheet of Tysus that we, whenever it's a beverage, we said it's about cookies and cream milkshake. Even though there's cookies in there, I mean, there's significant cookies, right? But still, if I'm drinking it from a straw, you would make a, a shahako. Now, what about soups? What about vegetable soups? So there's many different Rishonim uh, discussing how you understand this Gemara. The Gemara says, Maya de Silka is, is like Silka. You make a uh, Hadam on your vegetable soup. So the Ritva says it's only when the vegetables are still there and you're eating the vegetables, meaning you made a carrot soup and you have these big fat carrots in your soup and you are eating the carrots and the soups, so then you make a Hadama. That's what the Gemara is talking about. And many of the Achronim are for the sheet of the Ritva, and therefore for Ashkenazim, according to most Paiskim, you would not make a Hadama on a clear on a uh, pureed vegetable soup, you make a shahako. You'd only make a hadama if you have uh, soup that with the vegetables are still in there and you're eating the vegetables. There's a shiloh, uh, interesting shiloh. What if you have a uh, yeshiva type of soup where they use um, instant soup mix, but it doesn't look nice without some vegetables, so they throw in like a bag of carrots at the end, but it's not really carrot soup. It's onion soup mix and uh, other spices. So there, the, the soup is not being cooked from the vegetables, in that, in that situation, you make a shahakal on the soup. If you're eating the carrots, you make a tadam on the carrot, and that would be the psak. But again, there's a lot to discuss in, in, in Lambdas, how we get to this conclusion. At the end of the day, for the most part, if you would ask your local rabbi, if he's going with the Ashkenazi Paiskim, Roy Paiskim will tell you, on your pureed soup, you make a shahakal. If you're eating a soup with a with chunks of vegetables in it, a regular vegetable soup, you'd make a hadama. But again, if someone doesn't go like this, there are seven different sheetas in the Rishonim. So, uh, you're probably not doing too bad. Okay, next. You have this dried out bread, baka'ara, that's on your plate. You make a hamaitzi on it. It seems like you, it's still considered bread, even though it's this uh, dried out. And he argues on Why? The person should finish the, uh, the bracha, making hamaitzi lechem and aretz. And cut the bread at the same time, right? And what, what this guy did was he took this hard, imagine you have a melba toast or something, some real crunchy bread. I have, I can't, it can't be a cracker. But anyways, he threw it down on the plate, and now it's crumbled, and now you're making the bracha. So this goes against Rabchia. Rabchia holds you should be making the hamaitzi as you're cutting your bread, and when you finish your hamaitzi, then you should get your slice. Maskev lo rava. Rava has the following. Shaila maishnot sinuma. Deloy, why do you tell me that this this dried out bread, according to Rabbi you shouldn't make the Hamaiti mission the Chikaya bracha aprusa kakaya, because by the time you finish the bracha, it's already no longer considered uh, a, a good piece of bread. So ahapas nami on a regular bread, kika gamra. When you finish your bracha, aprusa gamra, the 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 pieces, are, it's already it's already broken up, right? So what's the difference between this dried out bread and your typical bread? So What you do is first you you make a bracha of hamaitzi, and then you would then break your bread. So there's another chashivas here. I don't want to be cutting my bread during 
during uh, Hamaytzi. That's one problem. Additionally, I want to make a bracha on a shalim. I want to make a bracha on a full loaf. So first I make my Hamaytzi, and then I uh, <coughs> Hamaytzi, and then I cut my bread. And that's what we do. Halachically, first you make a bracha, and then you start cutting your challah. Why is the dry bread different? The dry bread, one second. So. It's not crumbled until you throw it. Right. So <laughs> the question is, what well, is, is Rava just arguing the whole thing? Rava argues on this that this memra of Ravchia that you have to tichle bracha mapas, right? So Moskev Rav, Moskev Rav, Tsunuma. Why? Why are you telling me Tsunuma is different? That Tsunuma, Ravchia argues on Tsunuma, right? He's completely... Uh, yeah. Argue, uh, yes, this whole thing. This whole concept of making the bracha and, and finishing the proofs at the same time, Rava does not hold this whole thing. Elam, Rava, Rava argues in the whole thing that what you do is first you make a bracha. There's no Indian of having uh, bread cut at the same time. Meaning, at the end of the day, according to Rabbi Chia, what does Rabbi Chia tell you to do? He wants you to cut it, and then when you finish that final cut, you should be finishing the bracha at the same time. So Rava's problem is, at the end of the day, it's not shalim. It's not shalim. So... So according to Abhiya, why do you make a difference? Why are you telling me that a regular bread, that's what you should do? And you're bothered by this crumbly bread, right? What's the difference? At the end of the day, when you finish the bracha, it's not shalim. Alamarav argues the whole thing. First, mavarich va'achakach batia. Fine, thanks for pointing that out. Fine. Nahadai in Harda, they used to avdi kirabhiya, vrabana avdi kirava. In Narda, they would go like Rabhiya. They would finish cutting when they finished the bracha. Vrabana avdi kirava, and they did like Rava, that they would first make hamaitzi, and then they would break their bread. My mother told me, Avuch Avid, your father did like Rabchiyah, and Rabbanan did like Rava, and first they made the bracha, and then they would break their bread, and the halach is, first make the bracha, and then you cut your bread. So on this Gemara, Rabbi Niona brings that a person should first make a, uh, should first cut into the bread, not to cut it in half, but to first cut into the bread so that you shouldn't have a hefzik between your bracha and cutting the bread. So this is brought down in Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch says, except don't do this on Shabbos. So for some reason, the only time people do this is on Shabbos. But the, the Shulchan Aruch says, don't do it on Shabbos, because on Shabbos you need to have, need to have a Lecha Mishnah, right? So you need a Shalim. So the Magan Aram says, on, Sh- on Shabbos maybe make a little incision. But the Mishnah says, by the time you're looking for your incision, so therefore the Slach argues on that. Some have the minute to make a little... Cut zecher, you know, zecher to this. But the only time to do it would be during the week. So during the week, you could actually cut into a bread, and then don't pull it apart because you want the shalim. But you cut into it, and then after you make a bracha, you finish cutting. Oh, so we're gonna. So what's implicit in this is that shalim is, is some type of spe- special thing. They make a bracha on a shalim, on a complete bread, some type of hashivas. So that's the next gemara. Okay. Now, Even if you don't have hard crust. Oh, so some say this whole thing is not again. The whole thing was discussed when you have a hard or thick crust. You have to literally break into it. Today, well, what's the difference? If you cut half, don't cut half. For most people, you just cut your challah. Takes, you're not saving much time by cutting it before. You're not gaining anything. But do it on Shabbos, no, says you should. Don't, no, the Mishabur springs down from Magan Avram. You should make this little incision. We'll do it but then he says, if you're going to take more time, just forget it. Okay. So, different men hug him. I don't know. But if you never do it during the week, to do it on Shabbos is, 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 is funny. Okay. Wh- whose mother is talking about? Um, Ravina's mother. Yeah, Ravina. Said, uh, his father died, so she was letting him know what. what oh, what the what the, the, the minog was. Okay, shkayach. 
Itmar, they learned in the base matters. Hevilafnaim Petitin. They brought in front of them, they had uh, Petitin pieces of bread, a shleim, and full bread. And this typically comes up when you're box of matzah. So you're eating your matzah, I don't know, Malaf Malka or Shalashivas. You look at your box and you have your broken pieces and full pieces. <coughs> Again, on Shabbos, you probably should anyways have Lecha Mishnah. But during the week, you, or Malaf Malka, you, you don't need a Lecha Mishnah from Malaf Malka. So you're looking in the box. What should you make a bracha on? Am Rav Huna, you're allowed to make a bracha on these small ones. Upoiter es hashleim and apaters the full one. Now, what do you see from here? Just by the way, two things. First of all, he says there's no difference between the petitin and the shleim. No difference between the small pieces and the other one. He also is saying upoiter es hashleim, meaning he's not saying if I, I'm only eating one, right? You're having your uh, your matzah and cream cheese on Pesach, okay? So my Pesach, you're having your matzah and cream cheese sandwich. Chalamoid, right? You already ate your potatoes and eggs, you're done. So you're having matzah and cream cheese. So you look at the box, and you see a full piece and a half a piece. So you're on a diet, you're only going to eat the half a piece. Are we discussing that case? Do I have to now eat the shalim? No. The example was I'm eating both. So Rav Huna says, and you're allowed to choose the half piece, and potters the big pieces, meaning you're planning on eating both. You don't have to make the bracha on the, on the big one. But what if I'm, I don't plan on eating anything? We're not even, we're not, I don't plan on eating both. We're not talking about that. Rabbi and Omar, no, Shlema Mitzvah and Amuvchar. If you're eating both, you should make the bracha on the Shalim, eat, make the bracha on the full piece. But let's say you're saving your matzahs for uh, next week for, for Lecha Mishnah. You do not need to make your bracha on the uh, full pieces. You could use the, the, the broken ones. Abel, Prusa Shachita, Ushlema Nasser. But let's say you have a small piece, you have a, you have a piece of wheat bread and a full barley bread. So, everyone agrees you would make a hamaytzi on the prusa of chitin of wheat. And that path is even the full barley bread because barley bread was considered an inferior product. It was animal food. Nobody ate barley bread. So, even if you have a full loaf of barley bread, it's still barley bread. So, you're better off making your hamaytzi on your half of wheat bread than on the full barley loaf. Fine. I'm Rav Yemi Abba Kitanoi. This machlekes of Rav Huna and the uh, Rabbi Yechanan is machlekes Tanoam. Where do we see this? There's a Mishnah in Trumois. Tarmin Batzal Katan Shalim. You should, when you're giving Truma to your Kayin, you should give Truma from a, a complete small onion. And that's better of a loy chati Batzal Gado. That's better than giving Truma on a half a large onion. Okay? Rabbi Huda Amir Loiki El Chati Batzal Gado. No, you should be better off giving the bigger item, so you have a choice between a small full onion or a half a large onion, you're better off giving the, the half of the large one. So the same achlekes, according to Rav Yehuda, he was like Rav Huna. That doesn't make a difference. Shalim or, or broken pieces, whatever you want, there's no difference. And according to to the uh, Tanakama, you should only give the shalim, so that's giving significance to the complete roll. Okay. He's saying that the half, the, the not shalom is the same size? No, it's, it's, it's bigger. It's bigger than that, yeah. Even if it's bigger, right? I mean, it says no. If it's bigger, you should use the bigger onion, even if it's only half. It's missing a piece. Then to give the shalim, okay, the small shalim. My lab isn't it the same? Like as the marsavar, Rabbi Yehuda holds We go with what's chashiv and a large uh, onion, even though it's missing some pieces. It's missing part of it. It's it's better. It's worth more. Weighs more. Marsavar no shalim adif. It's it's better to give the complete onion. So the Gemara says, now, we're talking about something else. When there's a kain there, maybe I could say that you can't bring a proof from this Mishnah and Trumas. 
maybe the Mishnah Trumas is talking about something else. When there's a coin there, Kuliyama loy pligi the Chashav Adav. Everyone agrees that Chashav is Adav. They should definitely give him the half of the large one. He's going to take it home. He's going to make sauteed liver, right? He'll be fine. He doesn't care if that it's a Shalim. Keep pligi like a coin. There's no coin here. So I'm waiting for a coin to show up. So if I separate half of an onion, by the time this coin shows up, no more onion, right? But if I if I save a Shalim, I can save it for a couple of days, a couple of weeks. So therefore, there would be a reason to save it when there's no kind. So keep pleading. When is the machlekes to lick a kind? And what madam would hold still. You should uh, you give the, the the greater pieces. You, you don't have to worry about lasting longer. You just have to whatever's chashuv. So give the uh, half a, half an onion. Well, the other man then would say no. I care about actually giving it to the kain, and I want to make sure it will last. Therefore, you should separate the small complete onion. It's not as we learned in the Mishnah. When the coin is there, you give the better one. You're better off giving a product that's going to last. So if you have a choice, when, so you, it depends. If the coin is going to be there, give him the best thing. He'll use it that night. But if he's not there, so you, you look at the expiration date and you give him something that's going to last. If you do no, you always give of the better ones. Perhaps he learns that truma is really that you just have to give the best and you don't have to worry about when the coin is going to get it. It seems like that would be the machlaikas. Now we're going back to our case of challah, or the matzah case, where you have part, you have a half a piece, and you have a full piece. And you're eating both. You could be yotza both shitas, umanu, and who is this yerish shemayim that's yotza both? Mar braid ravina, the mar who is the son of ravina. The mar braid ravina, maniach prusa betoich shlema. He would put a piece inside a shalim. So he had a full uh, challah, challah roll, and he took a piece and he stuck it in there. Obviously not cracking it, but he would, and then he would say, and then he would actually eat from both. So you have both. You have the shalim, and that's you have the chaviv one. One of them is more chaviv. Still, you're getting both by doing both together. Okay? Tani, tana, kamad, rav, nachem, yitzlak, maniach, prusa, You put the smaller, the broken piece inside the shalim, and then you can make, break bread on that, and you can make a bracha. So, what's your name? He said such a good pshat. Salmon, my name is uh, Salmon. Salomon, Amarle, Shalom Atta, peace to you, or Shlema Mishnascha, your 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 Mishnah, your teaching is Shlema is complete. Shasamta Shalim, where you put peace, Bainatamidim, so it's a play on his name of Salmon. You put peace between us, you're able to come with a Pshara and make everybody happy. So putting a piece in, inside the larger piece. And we do this on Pesach. You put the broken matzah on um, you hold it together with a top matzah. My timer, what's the reason? The Mar says, Lechem Oinik Siv. It says, Lechem Oinik So we actually do two different things. When we make our Hamaiti Lechem and Aretz, you hold the top matzah and the bottom matzah with the middle because you want Lechem Mishnah. Then you put down the Yisrael matzah, the, the bottom matzah, and you're holding the top two. So the same thing, you're putting the middle one inside the top one. So I remember learning this Gemara way back when, and it didn't make any sense. You're not putting anything in anything, you're just holding it next to each other. Then I realized that. The real matzah is not this crunchy matzah. It's the Sephardic uh, soft matzah. And uh, the minute, yeah, it's like a lafa. So it's very simple to put the broken matzah inside the large one. And you yaitza both of them. So why do I want to specifically do that on Pesach? Because lechem oini. The reason why I want to use the broken matzah is lechem oini. So I want to use that for my, for my matzah as well. So therefore you stick, bo- but it's not shalim. So we have these two conflicting ideas. So stick it both into each other. And you have yourself your uh, pshara, you yaitza all the shitas, they have chaviv and you have shalim, and you're good to go. 
Now, once we mention bread, we're going to get to Hilcha Shabbos. I'm Rabbi Abba. Uva Shabbos, when it comes to Shabbos, you have to cut on two kikaris, you have to have Lecha Mishnah. My timer. Where do we know this from? So the Pasuk says, by the morning, Lecha Mishnah, because if it says Lecha Mishnah, right, we got the morning every single morning. On Friday, we got a double portion, Lecha Mishnah, last week's Pasha. So, we put, we, we, we use uh, two chalas on Shabbos, okay? Most of the Rishonim learn that all three meals require Lecha Mishnah. The Pasuk says, Hayyim three times in the, by Pasha Saman. So all three meals, you should have Lecha Mishnah. We'll see this in Gemara Pesach, and one of the reasons why we cover the challah is because of Zeichel Amman. There was tal on top, tal on the bottom, and that's why we cover a challah um, fr- uh, Friday night, Shabbos day, you cover your challah. Okay. Actually, according to that reason, you should probably cover it uh, Shalash. This is a discussion. If you would actually cover it Shalash, we'll, uh, we'll leave it for the Gemara Msachim. Amrav Ashi, Chazina Leila Rafkahana, I saw the Rafkahana, did not cut Tarti. He held both. But he only cut one of them. And that's how he was Yoytze Lecha Mishnah. Rab Zera, have a Batza Akuli Sherusa, he would cut for the entire meal. Now there's a Machlekes Rashi and, and the Rashi for what this means, that he would cut for the entire meal. Rashi learns, he, he cut himself a big festa slice of challah. So Amalei Ravina Laravashi, they told him, how come Eschazi Karav Senusa, he looked like a, a glutton, he looked like a, someone who, who just needs to eat a lot. So Amalei came in the Kol Yamelika Oven Hachi since every single day. I don't do this, I'm only doing it <coughs> now on Shabbos. Everybody knows it's only the covered Shabbos. I'm not doing it uh, for Man Boich. I'm doing it the covered Shabbos. I only do this, right? Some people say they're eating the covered Shabbos, but if they eat the, the whole week, they eat Chal on Thursday nights, and then Chal on Shabbos day is not the covered Shabbos. There are those that say that whatever you eat on Shabbos doesn't count, right? Because you have Neshami Yisera. So what happens is Neshami Yisera takes in all the food that we eat, and then Matzah Shabbos, he, he leaves it by us. And it goes to Shemayim. So you ever, you ever get that feeling, Matzah Shabbos, and the Shema leaves, and then boom, you, uh, it hits you. Okay, so there's two ways to learn this Rav Sinus, the, the Akulish Yerusa. According to Rashi, it means you cut a large piece. According to Rashi, very simple, the Shulchan Aruch Paskin, you do not need to cut both chalas Friday night. That's the minute of most people. You cut one challah, you're good to go. The Grah learns that what it meant was Akulish Yerusa, he cut everything that was in front of him, and he would cut both chalas. Uh, Friday night, he'd actually split it down the middle, so you cut two chalas at once, and he says that it's based on the Zayar. The Zayar writes that you should uh, have 12 chalas uh, on Shabbos, so the Arizal said, the Arizal, many of us actually had 12 chalas on Shabbos, but the Gros said, how could you, and again, we mentioned this in a different uh, for, in a different venue, that the Vilna Gain um, did not, uh, did not, uh, d- didn't feel comfortable arguing on the, on the, sh- on the, on the Gemara. Even if the Zayar says something, if it's not in Talmud Bavli, he doesn't go with it. So he tried, you know, he tried to have it fit with the Gemara. So it's shots like this. Then you take your two chalas, you cut it in half, now you have four chalas. Four times three is 12. So over Shabbos, you have yourself 12 chalas. That's what the Zayar meant when you have 12 chalas on Shabbos. So the Grunix will actually cut all the chala, uh, you know, at wherever they're making the bracha on, they'll cut it. Just like the, uh, the, the minute of the Gra. Okay? Rav Ami, Rav Asik, have a Misrami, they rifted their Eruvah when they would have a, a bread of Eruvah Chatseris. Every Eruvah Chatseris has bread, even in Minneapolis. We have, uh, we have matzahs for our Eruv. So, you make a bracha, meaning he didn't just let it sit like in a, in a china closet somewhere. They actually ate it. They're, 
and, and why? So he said, Amri Holves Avid Be Mitzvah Chava. Since one mitzvah was already done with it, they made an Eru of Chatseris. Navid Be Mitzvah Achriti, we should make another mitzvah with it and use it for a Suda Shabbos. And you make a brach on it. There are those that do this with their Eru of Tavshilin. You have your Eru of Tavshilin, uh, you have your egg and your matzah. So if, if, if Yantif is, you know, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, you make Eru of Tavshilin, you should eat your Eru of Tavshilin. Shalash of this, or at some point on Shabbos, once the mitzvah is done with it, do other mitzvahs with it. Another place you see this is people burn their lulav and esr, not esr, but they burn their lulav with the chametz, so, or the Hanukkah candles, so they, they invoke this halacha, Hoyal be mitzvah chada, Navid be mitzvah achriti. Okay, we're going to stop here.